to episode 13 of the Synth and Electronic Music Show, brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Stormy Whitstable. My name is Peter Coit, coming to you from the Sonic Shed, and I'm joined by Clive Walpole across town in his humming circuit hotbox. Yes, hello Peter from my uh, socially distanced synth cave. Tonight our guest is designer, author and artist Graham Wood, who's co-founder of Tomato Design Collective. They included Carl Hyde and Rick Smith from Underworld. Hi Graham. Hello. Hi, Graham. Nice to meet you both. To see you mm-hmm. both. Hello. Thanks, <laughs> Have I missed out anything on that description? Um, no, no. I also make uh, leave a lot, a lot of mess lying around for Rosie to clear up after me. That's the main <laughs> occupation. <laughs> well, tonight you've chosen some of your favourite electronic pieces after being a, a listener. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very inspired by the show. I think it's great. Oh, and then sort of, you know, you sort of, the, 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 you know, the technical and emotional depth you go into is fabulous. I think. So, always learn a bit and always get a bit entertained. Yes, we will. Same as That's here. what it's about, really, isn't it? Yeah. So the first piece is a uh, is something from my childhood. Mm. Tomorrow People thing. Oh, yeah, I loved it. That was a great show, and um, I just remember being thoroughly confused by it. Yeah, I wish you to try jaunting around. Yeah, the jaunting didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I was bored by it because it sort of wasn't like Doctor Who and there kind of was lots of stuff going. It didn't seem to go too sort of quick. You know, it was a quite quite lethargic. Yeah, it's a thing. But <laughs> the title sequence, graphic for me, as a, ending up as a graphic designer, is amazing. Yeah. All these yeah. high contrast black and white hands and flowers. And, Babies and tele- telephone poles and all that, you know, those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And that's fabulously 70s. Mm. Also, the music, Dudley Simpson, who was, were, did, he composed, he was the most prolific composer for Doctor Who. Mm. That's, yeah, about and three I, years, I think, he worked on Doctor Who. No, much longer. Was um, it longer than that? He did, um, I've got my notes here, he did mm. two stories, 300 episodes. Wow. Mm. Second to the fourth. You know, I mean, obviously at that time, you know, you had those, well, actually, it's not quite as haunting as these, but those dark, very dark public information films, obviously, which were mm. a whole sort of hauntology, folk, folk horror sort of area, which was going on very much in the 70s. Mm. Definitely relates to that, okay. you know, sensibility. Let's play the track. Odyssey because that ring moddy bit in the middle mm. sounds really like an Arp Odyssey. It's all right. One of my favourite things. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to learn a lot from you guys about this. Uh, oh, yeah. I like the, 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 bit, the bit towards the end where it sort of breaks down a bit and it's kind of a bit of a kind of bassy, slightly kind of um, 
Yeah, it sort of gets sort of disharmonious a little bit. Yeah, that's starts, it, yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice that. Yeah, it sets you up for the sci-fi adventure, doesn't it? It does. Mm. Yeah. So next we have a track from one of my favourite bands, yes. The Associates. Mm. Billy, Billy McKenzie and Alan Rankin. Yeah, great band. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember coming into school the day after they appeared on Top of the Pops doing Party Fears too, and yeah. literally everyone was like. What that? What was that? Yeah. that? That you know, he was bearing on. He looked so cool, black black coat, and that was an, an amazing tune. And I think that was the mm. that, and then obviously went back. This came out before that. And um, you know, the, oh, sorry, the tune we're about to play came out before that. Um, and I think now that this this one we're about to play is, I mean, it has all those sort of very much sort of Connie Plant connotations. Mm. Feels very Burnley, not a bit Bowie, but not really. Um, and just, just very odd. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of very craftworky, and, and obviously mentions Dusseldorf and yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And apparently, it was a, uh, it was it was prompted by what, the record company chap playing some Human League in the car. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. He, 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 some interesting stories about their behaviour. Time. <laughs> Apparently, anecdotally, you know, he actually, you know, because he loved, he loved whippets. Whippets? Yeah, yeah. Well, for, and he had whippets until he died. Mm-hmm. He apparently had a hotel room for his whippets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Among other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this is a white car in Germany by the associates. It's an old place To see God's a cold place Cold as spies can Lest your way through soaring Walk on eggs and an amazing voice he's got on it yeah really good amazing I mean just that uh, just superb I mean yeah. uh, it's what it's uh, if anyone wants to the, the last album he sort of well it was posthumously finished but they mm. fully recorded before he died Beyond the Sun 
was mostly kind of piano and voice and a few other bits and bobs, much more low key. Uh, I really recommend picking up because Simon Raymond mm. from Cocteau Twins produced that. Yes. Oh, no, no, doubt. Well, I, well, I love Cocteau Twins, big fan of them. Listening to that, but there's a lot of his voice being treated somehow in the background. Mm. Yeah, and that that strange sort of ceremony sound. Isn't it? But that's I'm, his voice, though, huh? Yes, was that his voice? So I'm wondering where that was going through. Yeah, no, I was no. thinking. I think it sounded like. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Pete. The high fly, which was a no. guitar synth, and it was the like stood up on a pedestal. It was an EMS thing, and it could be. But I actually read that he was using the. <laughs> Home. Oh, you know what he's doing. A bit of tissue paper, you know, like the old... Oh, oh not quite as high-tech as a no, high-fly. No, that's no. Oh, you can use <laughs> that... paper and comb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so moving on to a piece from a, um, from a film now, Nightmare on Elm Street theme by Charles Bernstein. Mm-hmm. I could have... Actually, I could have done the themes, the whole thing, but... Um, well, just to pop another one in. Uh, uh, so, obviously, um, John Carpenter... Superb, amazing, wonderful yeah. classics, or sort of mm. 13 Halloween, etc. Um, but I, do, I just have always really liked this one because it just freaks me out. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. does, it does actually sort of slightly sort of trouble me. This was new to me because I'm one of the few people probably haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street. So, <laughs> mm. I mean, I, you know, yeah. way, and like, like a lot of those things, it has dated, mm. but there's a couple of quite brilliantly, madly bonkers bits in it that are quite just you know sort of odd images there's one image, one of the images that stays with me he's kind of coming down a dark alley and his arms are sort of far too long and it's obviously mm. just him holding long sticks in a, a long you know big uh, un, you know under a big um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it does look chunky but it's really weird and just mm. those practical effects of that time yeah. they just have much more resonance I think than sort of digital film work you know and um, yeah, yeah. anyway so this one apparently was based on uh, the, the theme tune was based on one, two, buck on my shoe. Ah, so a bit ah. of a children, uh, children's nursery rhyme. Yeah. Scary vibe. They can be quite creepy, can't they, in nursery rhymes? Mm. Mm. Like Goosey Goosey Gander or something like that. Mm. I, scared, but I thought it was a scary rhyme. Did you? About throwing people downstairs, obviously. Oh, right, yeah, of course. But apparently it was came, came from the Roundheads. He used to find oh, people. Oh, really? Not, yeah, it came from that time. Well, wow. Not saying his prayers, so they took him by the left leg and threw him down the stairs. Yeah. Okay, so this is a, a nightmare on Elm Street.
be a dark ambient there, wouldn't it? It's got that low drone carpenter esque sort of note there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, massively, massively influenced. Yeah, very sort of sort of radiophonic as well, with all those sort of really multiple echoes and things like that going on. Yeah, I mean, it's just right on the edge of cheese. Yeah, Yeah. that's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I think it's well, arguably, I guess, something important, but, yeah. you know, but it does have some... Actually, it was also sampled by um, a work on Silver Bullet. It was very early jungle. Oh, yeah. Rap, yeah. UK yeah. rapper type of thing on a tune. And uh, that was a great tune as well. That was, mm. That's a different story. Clubbing. <laughs> but I think the cheese elements, maybe because he used a Yamaha DX7, that's the sort of like the chimey sort of noise, isn't it? No, behind us, wasn't there? Yeah. I think it was an Obenheim. Obenheim OBSX. An OBSX, oh. Mm. Yeah, it's nice, that, though. Quite, you know, quite creepy, but, you know. Yeah, sometimes it comes on my shuffle when I'm listening at about mm. two in the morning. Yeah. And I have to skip <laughs> very quickly, because honestly, it just goes... Yeah. Well, just as it started, the door opened and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the dog came in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 the curse you... So we have a track I wasn't familiar with before. I don't know why, but it's a band called Section 25. I mean, they're from the factory yes. uh, records, uh, which obviously from Joy Division and all, the, all that scene is uh, something I was really into at the time. Mm. But I just hadn't come across them. Well, this one tune kind of, I remember back in the day, I mean, I, they weren't a band, but honestly, I, don't, I got the album, but I can't say that I really into it. I think they only did two albums, I'm not sure. But um, it was actually produced by Bernard Sumner from... Mm. Yeah. And um, it sort of was that kind of period, well, obviously, that whole period of things like Yasha, by the Cabaret, Cabs, Kenny Voltaire, and Hondo mm-hmm. Congo, and Chak, and, and all those kinds of fat Manchester, Sheffield thing. Mm. And yeah, it was just a good... It just was this really kind of good crossover of sort of slightly you know kind of early hip-hoppy sort of sensibility going into something new that at the time that hadn't been heard before that ultimately I guess became sort of especially from a UK perspective sort of kind of UK dance stuff you know and yeah it's, uh, it's just one of those great just, yeah I listen to it all the time yeah, it's good to me technically five so hmm. This is uh, called Looking from a Hilltop.
almost like um, a sort of bit of electro, a um, little mantra. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah, electro and more, yeah, more, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just one of those ones that you can listen to now and okay, into it, into it, but it was so seminal at the time. It was one of those things that was a bit like, although, like you say, related to electro, it just felt like it would come out of nowhere. And, and yeah. And I guess Bill and Summer got involved because I suppose it must have been about the time they were doing. Um, uh, would have been ten. Yeah. Uh, not not um. Oh, fuck, what was what was sort of the tune that followed him on the um, confusion? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Association with Arthur Baker and stuff. And I guess that's where he must have yeah. got involved. So moving on to a track by Front Two Four Two, the uh, Belgian cyberpunk band. Yes. <laughs> so. I, I mean, I, this is. I mean, I really don't know much about this one except for I used to dance to it in dodgy kind of half goth half. You know, wherever you kind of call it industrial, limelight, mm. style, limelight style places in the mid ish, late ish 80s. And, um, mm-hmm. um, and I did actually have a little bit of a poke around, and apparently it's, a, it's about corporate HR culture, human human resources culture. And mm. uh, they have, there's a video of it, which was directed by Anton Corbin, great right. photographer, yeah. who photographed everyone. Amazing, sort of black and white, strong style. Mm. Um, but but, but there's, there's, there's lots of eggs in the video. Um, uh, well, there's a woman wearing a kind of broken egg hat and another guy carrying one around. And, and one of the singers, so it's, it's a raw, a sort of boiled egg. Well, because he thought he, he misheard the title and thought it was called Egg Hunter. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> they stuck with it because they just thought it was brilliant. You know, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, a little bit of surreal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 it's uh... Headhunter by Bunk242.
sort of industrial, yeah, sort of say, bit a bit of punk industrial sound there, bit, bit of sort of kraut rock in there. Yeah, I love that chorus. That one, one you the spoiled the, the block tile. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, and also, yeah, as you say, I mean, same time as um, Never Let Me Down was that commercial mode. Oh, yeah. Never Let Me Down again. Well, that was a, that, that was a massive. That that and then there was you know lots of other things sort of similar. Feel, but it's it's sort of hard going, yeah, I think it's the early, early sort of um, that guy, uh, Samplers came out <clears throat> at yeah. that sort of time, and this has got that the, 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 the affordable Samplers. Apparently, it's got that sort of sound on that as well. Yeah, some of that, I don't know where that mm. cello sound was coming from. Waste station. Mm. Right. Solid, solid, isn't it? Very nice. Yeah, yeah, it's banging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, certainly you must have come across that in your, especially your most, you know, your most um, rarefied composing moments. <laughs> Notion of banging. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all banging, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go um, across to France where we have to quarantine for... Mm. 14 days. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a long track then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a bit of an obvious one, I guess, for you, but, but um, I like this tune from here because um, oh, yeah. uh, because it just, the, the, the opening, there's a, like, a piece, a part of it, the opening, I think it appears in the middle again. It just really reminds me of 50s science fiction music, movie music, yeah. and it has that real sort of like, it's on the third album. It's called this. Yeah, so, I mean, sorry, I'm um, yeah. putting on um, Peter's yeah. toes. And... <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. I thought, yeah. I, thought was, I thought it was the second album. But anyway, yeah, 10,000. Ten uh, ten. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I think you'd be right. Because I remember it was, I was a bit disappointed when I heard it at first because it was. Yeah. yeah, I'm not too into it, to be honest, but it was just this, this within the first 30 seconds. Mm. <laughs> mm. just like that, and that's enough. Apparently, Beck is on it as well. Somewhere, oh. this tune. Oh, I didn't yeah. realise that. Yeah. No, I think it's. A, I think it's a great. Uh, it's a great uh, album as well. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't like it. I wasn't too keen on it at first because after the Moon Safari, it was, oh, a bit, yeah. it was a bit different, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah. Moon Safari is hard to beat, really, because it's so. Yeah. It has everything really in that classic album, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it sort of feeds the kind of sort of poppy. Again, sort of slightly soundtracking kind of need, and but also as well, it's a bit cleverer than that too, of course. You know, they they turned around the sort of guffawing at French popular music and yeah. made it really yeah. cool. And they was at the forefront of the sort of analog synth and vintage gear revival. Yeah. And uh, I love the cover of Moon Safari. That was like the cover. It always put me in mind. You know the. Uh, Old letter set figures he used to get and rub down figures. It looked like, you know, for like people in the office and things like that. It used to get me that, gave me that idea, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's um, yeah. also sort of 60s, sort of pulpy novel illustration. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That kind of thing. But yeah. Mm. Okay, so this is Don't Be Light by Air French Band.
I've got to be honest, I didn't realise it was that long. I don't think I've ever listened to that. <laughs> a bit of frog rock guitar in there as well, didn't yeah, we? It's yeah, lovely, a bit of fuzz. Lovely. It just literally is that. I mean, that, I think that opening 30 seconds is just. Also mm. makes me think of Mars Attacks from that month. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Mars Attacks, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Funny old thing. So, another band that I've not come across next to called The Field. Swedish chap, isn't he? Alec Axel Vilner. Yeah. Um, just really good drifty. Again, I first came across them probably about oh, 10, 12 years ago, I think. I mean, I'm exaggerating. About 10 years ago, yeah. Mm. And um, just it was a really hot summer, and I can't remember which, which album it was I got, and it was perfect, sort of slightly trancey, drifty, but, but a bit with a bit of a kind of sort of harder core to it, and just sort of just sort of that kind of complete album. Thing and just seemed to work with that summer and that kind of real sort of kind of drifting London warmth that was sort of just and sort of from there sort of kind of just kept up with the music since and there's some great there was one one album from um, I think it was about four or five years ago called The Follower which is amazing um, but yeah it's just sort of kind of soundscaping lots of weird use of samples um, a bit of Cocteau Twins in one thing, which is just mm. strangely, not in this one, unfortunately, but, you know, just, anyway, yeah, just a really odd mm. kind of sensibility a bit. Mm. Yeah. This one features Kate Bush, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Samples of Kate Bush tune called Under the Ice. Mm. Yeah. It's,
samples really um, really capture a, yeah. a vibe, don't they? It's trancey anyway, but the... Um, sort of, yeah, yeah, it's sort, of, sort of IDM, you call that, as well. I don't know. I don't know if it's danceable particularly, but I suppose something mm. that's... Um, I mean, to mm. me, I just like it sort of woozy, hypnotic yeah. qualities, you know, yeah. it just has a really, um, it's just like a kind of sweat tripping. Yeah, it's very yeah. dreamy, yeah. dreamlike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know, I just... What was that, that shoegaze? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's kind of thing, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. Like, it's kind of popular. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, I've forgotten actually, I mean, Again, I've listened to the whole thing quite a while, but so really I'm like, just weaves. So a, a band, an American band, yes. called uh, Glass Candy, have next. Oh yeah, um, electronic music duo in Portland. Is it vocalist I don't know, producer, instrumentalist Jolly Newell. Yeah, Great I name. know him from um, a track Warm in Winter. That's the only track I knew of theirs, but that's mm. quite a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one I kind of, there's a film called Bronson. Mm. Which is about the, um, the guy who's been in prison for the longest in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's, um, what's his name? Tom Hardy plays. This is amazing. Yeah. You wouldn't recognise him, would you? No, I mean, he really built himself up for that um, role. And then, you know, like, super, super kind of built. Um, mm. Directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, yeah. That, um, what was that one? The driver. Was it called the driver? No, that's. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's called the driver. Uh, or drive. Was it called drive? Yeah. I can't remember anyway. But again, he just has a. He, the, the, he has a Nicholas Reffin has a great sensibility for soundtracks, of course. Yeah, he uses quite a lot of uh, that the sort of simple ostinato synth type tracks, doesn't he? Like mm. uh, that Cliff Martinez score for a neon. Neon, Neon Demon, it's fantastic. It's like along these lines, I think. Yeah. And it also has, I mean, for me as well, I sort of caught on to the sort of Naroda. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Naroda feel to this one as well. So. Yeah. Definitely sort of like steamy, steamy disco. <laughs> mm. This is called uh, Digital Versicolor by Glass Candy.
bit gold frappy at the start there, wasn't it? I thought putting in the gold frappy bit. Yeah. Breathy vocals. And, yeah. I like the uh, simple synth sounds. That's straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's very simple and kind of you know it does some pretty obvious things, but I, I don't know, it just has a good sensibility to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, you, do you choose that for the colours as well, being designer? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so the next track is uh, by Blank Mass, who's, who's um, Benjamin John Power, mm-hmm. English chap. Okay, so... Um, do you allow swearing on your show? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just no, it's, there's a band called um, Fuck Buttons. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and he's one of those, there's two. Uh, and his Blank Mass is a side to the project. Oh, right. Although done, he's done a few albums with Blank Mass, as has Blank Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this was something that appeared in a film. I saw it, there was a trailer that came out for a film called a Field in England, which is. Um, Oh god, I can't remember the name of the director. Um, yeah, ben Wheatley. Ben, yeah. ben Wheatley, that's it. Yeah. And um, it just the trailer was so amazing, and just you know, I mean, ultimately the, the film's about sort of the setting this at the time of the, the Roundheads and Cavaliers, and mm-hmm. about these guys who sort of escape a battle and end up with a weird guy in a field filled with mushrooms, and yeah. you know, it all gets sort of slightly witchy and trippy. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, this piece was used in the soundtrack. Uh, sorry, in the trailer for that, and it's in the film as well. But I'd spent ages trying to track it down with no information whatsoever, like, as you do. Mm. And mm. Sort of just managed to find it through a kind of series mm-hmm. of messages. But in the sequence, I mean, you can find it on YouTube, but the sequence this accompanies is almost like a tableau sequence. It's one sort of whole thing that happens. Yeah. And it's so good, it's so creepy and eerie. Um, and aside from that, the music is beautiful as well. Then mm. uh, yeah, and weirdly as well, for, um, both... Fat Buttons and Blank Mass were in the Olympic, used in the mu- as music in the Olympic opening ceremony yeah. in 2012. Right. Um, as the, both of them for when the flags were brought out for, and also when the Olympic flag was raised. Huh. So I think it was Fuck Buttons when the Olympic flag was raised. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Because Rick Smith from Underworld then, was the musical director. Yeah. And so he, you know, he sort of sneaked them in. You know, so. oh, that's brilliant. Good old Rick between us. But yeah, this is a great tune. So it's called Shinobu.
Mm, lovely. Oh, beautiful, that one, that. It's got such a yearning, melancholic sort of yeah. feel to it, isn't it? Sort of stacked up sort of pads and out phase sort of things. I must say, I can hear that, that shimmer reverb effect on there. Yeah, yeah, that was quite strong, wasn't it? But the shimmer yeah. really does something, doesn't it, when you stick yeah. that in on anything? Does it sort of like... It has a sort of um, uh, octave tuner, which yeah. Yeah, rolls up. But, yeah, fantastic. I use that effect off the NTS quite a lot. It's lovely. Mm. There's shimmer on there. Yeah, I could listen to something like that for hours. It didn't need to stop, did it, really? No. <laughs> no it's like being no. just sort of falling through clouds or something nice. like that. Yeah, yeah. nice, sort of really yeah, meditative sort of... Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's just, um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of... I, mean, I just, I mean, it's, this is a bit of a stretch, but it does... We played some Arvo, Arvo Pear last week. Mm. And um, although it's very not similar, it's, it has a that sense of yearning that some of his work has as well, you know, it kind of mm. definitely is... I think it's, in that, it's close to that kind of league. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that cascading... Sort of continuation of, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fantastic, really good. Mm. So, come to your last uh, track, your selection tonight. Uh, hang on, I've got this right way around. Band, that band's called Tatari. Yes. And it's a track called Spilling Gardens. Spilling Gardens. Um, I bet you never thought you'd have a Euro- Eurovision Song Contest band on your show. Oh, oh, you well, you never know. <laughs> yeah. 2019, they came 10th, representing Iceland. Oh, really? I've got people listening to a prog rock band, didn't I? Do you ever do that? No, I I actually saw this, um, um, for various reasons, I I sometimes tune into the Eurovision Song Contest, but anyway, um, it was just madness. They um, they dress in kind of BDSM gear, um, but I mean, seriously, fairly hardcore. And um, they... um, I think they got fined for waving the Palestinian flag flag at one point because they're not allowed. You're not allowed to make political comments at um, mm. the Eurovision Song Contest, and um, they're kind of a bit of a, a sort of um, anarchic kind of communy type group um, who are actually one of them is the, the, the son of the. Um, let's look at my Icelandic ambassador to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and another one is uh, heads of trade office at Iceland's Ministry for Foreign Affairs. Right. But they're also very funny. You can see the clips on um, YouTube of them of them being interviewed and talking. Oh, actually, they're, they're very you know they're they're, they're really good, very wry. Um, mm. And um, yeah, it's uh, the name of the band Atari is Icelandic for hater. And yeah. spilling our dance is Icelandic for corruption dance. Well, quite subversive then, you know, getting onto that big platform. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah. Amazing that they got through the, uh, all the, all the cards. It's just like, what? I mean, some of the kind of, some of the kind of Belarusian and Georgian bands and stuff, they're kind of quite mad kind of metal things, but this was really, this was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. All right, looking forward to hearing this. This wasn't the song, though, this was, this was, this was a different song. Oh, I see. Yeah. Last, last, um, verse very quickly if you want. Yeah, uh, I can't do his voice though. <laughs> <laughs> I might take a few more cigarettes. But, yeah. Corruption dance. 
Every nation dances this waltz. Consumption trance. The opening, the opening of the pathetic masses. The wakeful hand of the oppressor. The fascists' new clothes. The sceptre of vanity. Avarice and hedonism. Fucking capitalists. Wow. And that's probably the first time they've done the general idea as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a good name for a band. Well, how do you well, yeah, I suppose you can see you can see what I'm wearing, can't you? <laughs> can't see below your top. Then. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! That's a great way to end. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It was good. That really. Um, I don't remember that one. I, I was a taller. Well, like I say, that wasn't the actual. Oh, it was very similar. The tune they did was very similar, but mm. that wasn't the one. But you would have remembered them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's a, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, you never know. You never know where something good's going to crop up. Yeah. Or in one's own opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see yeah. it. I can see the sort of link between the uh, sort of post-punk nature of some of the earlier tracks and and the, and the sort of industrial uh, sensibility as well. Yeah, yeah. well, totally. You know, I mean, which is why I think I like it. Um, yeah. You know, they've got a good few tunes on it. Which I really like. um, it's banging, isn't it? Yes, banging. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks very much, Graham. Really nice, Graham. Really interesting selection there. Thank you. Thank you. It's great. Really good. Really made happy to be doing this, Graham. Thank you. Thanks very much for Graham for his selection. That was a bit different this week. Yeah, really nice sounds there. I really enjoyed them. So next week we go back to just me and you for, for yeah, a couple of weeks. Yes. And the dynamic duo. <laughs> Soon after that we'll be having Will Gregory join us. Yeah. Goldfrap and Will Gregory's Moog Ensemble. So I'm looking forward to that. Until then, join us on, on Facebook. Yeah. The Coastal Electronauts. It's pleased to see you there. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Bye-bye.